Welcome to Bitcoin Aggregated. Um, there was a few things last week that we we kind of glossed over that I was like, oh, yeah, they were really important points um, that I wanted to chat about and we kind of forgot because I think we got caught up talking about other stuff. So um, just wanted to sort of go back over the news feed. One of the things was, yeah, this one. So this is the video I was talking about when we, we were kind of going into to Google and their partnership um, with with Coinbase. Um, it's only four minutes, but yeah, worth worth having a listen Two, to. Gargantuan, ginormous wins for Bitcoin. Is that coming through okay? Yep. yep. The first might seem slightly boring to some of you, but it's not. And it's going to lead to the second. And together, these are huge boulders in what I foresee as the coming avalanche of Bitcoin adoption. The first, an accounting change. Doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is. Let me explain. Imagine that you're the CEO of a company and you've been considering putting Bitcoin on your balance sheet. The problem used to be that if you bought $1 billion worth of Bitcoin and it dropped in value, you would have to reflect the Bitcoin on the balance sheet at the lowest price that it ever was. So if Bitcoin dropped from $50,000 to $3,000 and then went back up to 70, you would be able to show your shareholders the value of it at 3000 So there's downside because it has to be reflected, by the way, in the income statement, which might lead to a massive drop in the price of the stock if you have a huge loss that this would be, even though you're holding on to an asset, but there would be no gain. So what happens? The CEO wanting to keep his job says, that's a very good reason for me not to put Bitcoin on the balance sheet because I might get fired. Now, FASB and the other economic boards have eliminated this rule and are allowing you to account for the rise in Bitcoin because as I made a mention previously, you weren't allowed to. Even if it went up from the very moment that you bought and it went up 100 times, it would still be on the books at the same price and you could not account for a gain until you sold it and maybe you didn't want to sell. So now you've got people that were previously understandably concerned with potentially purchasing any Bitcoin might suddenly say, hey, there's might be some downside, maybe it goes down, but at least there's upside that I can account for in my quarterly earnings statement, which leads me to the second. Well, that yeah, just stop him there for a sec. I didn't realize that. So obviously, sailors kind of, you know, led the way for that. Um, for other companies, but I didn't realize it was actually a rule that they couldn't account for that, um, for the gains. So it was sort of turning businesses off. Did, did you have any understanding of that? No, no, no idea. Is this just a specific rule to the US? Yeah, or... I think so. I think so. But I mean, right. that's that's like where all the big, big companies are, right? That would be investing in it. So like all the times that were, well, this is what I'm assuming, all the times that we thought, oh, Apple might jump in now or, or Google or, or something. Um, maybe that's what was holding them back and there just wasn't the legislation in place for them to actually utilize that. So I thought that's really pertinent. That could have a real big knock-on effect for, for a lot of different companies now looking to maybe. get Maybe. It still feels a bit like fiat mindset though. Like who cares what you have to report your Bitcoin earnings? Like either you want Bitcoin on the balance sheet or you don't. Like who cares how it's looked upon it's either you, you want to hold it or you don't so yeah maybe it'll open up some doors but i mean yeah 
sailor and and the likes who who really have that level of conviction probably don't care about any of this shit right now like no yeah i think well i think that what he mentioned there though like about the um not wanting to sell and like they have people they have to report to i suppose so for that for those people in that 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 fiat mindset i suppose it does open up the the gates for them and they've got a lot of capital so it can only be a good thing i think in the in the long run but yeah i agree with you like who gives a fuck really (laughs) it's it's kind of silly um but i mean there is a lot of people in that legacy legacy world so hopefully it'll, it'll change some mindsets um and the second part was the google thing piece of news google has announced that they will be accepting via coinbase payment for their cloud computing services cryptocurrency. I believe that there are 14 of them, including Ether, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, and a few others. Doge. Now, in the past, Google would have turned this directly into fiat money. They don't want to keep it on the balance sheet. Now, and the most likely candidate that they will keep on is Bitcoin. It's a store of value of which is decentralized, which there can never be more than 21 million. Should Google do this? they would be taking some of the supply of Bitcoin off of the market and increasing demand as other companies would follow suit. When you see the big boys doing it, it suddenly gives other CEOs permission to do the same. It's the herd mentality. Somebody's sticking their neck out first. MicroStrategy did it, Tesla did it, Square and Jack Dorsey did it, now known as Block, by the way. And you will see more and more companies putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet now that the accounting standards have changed. And so my prediction is the fact that Google will be putting this on their balance sheet, which will drive other companies to adopt it because of the accounting change in part and because Google is doing it. These are two huge boulders in the avalanche that will cause a cascade of purchases of Bitcoin as it becomes adopted as the global standard as a store of value, especially as they continue to print money ad nauseum, debasing the currency that many people hold. I mean, he's kind of just saying what we already know, I suppose, but the fact that it's it's stuff happening with such a big company as Google, it's kind of exciting, I suppose. Um, and I think like having a, I mean, I'm not too sure about the integration of other shit coins and how that <laughs> that interplays whatsoever i guess yeah it's it's interesting what, what were your thoughts well i mean it sounds like they're going to be accepting some of these payments for cloud services i'm not sure what product exactly that is but at the end of the day we kind of already know that a lot of people don't actually like like transacting using cryptocurrencies unless you're already well well into doing this like i can't see suddenly like a bunch of people going oh wow that's so great that google cloud services can be bought using doge i'm going to start doing that like how many people are actually going to be doing that like uh, my guess is few and like i'm i know many bitcoiners don't like parting with their bitcoin already um so yeah i'm perhaps not as bullish as this gentleman might be but you know maybe i'm well it, it reminds me of like when um annoyingly how steam like steam the the gaming platform they were like one of the first people first big companies to accept on-chain btc payments for games and it was wicked it was just so easy like i remember particularly at school i didn't have to go through you know the the regular channels of like 
buying games for, for the kids at school and stuff. We could just do it. We don't have to worry about PayPal or, um, you know, getting approval from whoever to buy games, like as long as there were, you know, educational games. Boom, done. It was it was amazing. When they took that away, I found it really irritating. If Google, if I could play for, for Google services, like cloud services, which I'm already paying for using sats, I'd I'd do that for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, it's one of those chicken and egg things, right? Like people aren't going to pay for stuff with Bitcoin and crypto until people start accepting those things. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Like, and we're Bitcoiners, so perhaps, you know, we're a little bit biased in this. But um, yeah, yeah, I'd probably do the same too. Like, I would, I'd like to use it as much as possible in my life. Um, yeah. But yeah, there is definitely a, a portion of people who purely see cryptocurrencies as an investment or yeah. or a speculative thing. So they're not into it to do what the white paper abstract says. You know, a peer to peer cash system. Um, very few people actually live that kind of mantra. They're more in it for the sick gains, right? So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think it, it's it's a net benefit in the end. Like if you don't want to pay for Google services, then you just don't have to. You can ignore this news. But um, yeah, to be to be continued, I guess. We'll have to wait and see. See what happens with it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Anyway, um, the other big one I wanted to chat with you about was, and this is something that I wanted to talk about last week and totally forgot as well. Um, the official, or well, quote unquote official, the Bitcoin YouTube channel is being open source, meaning huh. that yeah, anyone um, can sort of apply and upload Bitcoin content to slash Bitcoin on um, on YouTube, and there's like a whole whole GitHub repo talking about it. So I thought for us, we should definitely apply to that and see if we can um, get some content up there because that's such a cool idea. I, I had I had no no um no concept of you know people even like having the ability to do that with a YouTube channel. So I thought it was pretty pretty amazing. But yeah, what, what's your thoughts? First, I've heard of it. Seems interesting. Have you looked into like the process? Like so, basically, what you got to submit a pull request or something to their I forgot page? about it until like half an hour ago. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I wanted to look at that. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's a GitHub reverse. So I'll reach out and see see what the actual um, process is. But pretty cool. So the actual channel is, which you're probably already subscribed to. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, one thing seems very clear, and that I don't think I am either. I don't really subscribe to stuff on YouTube, but fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, pretty good, pretty decent. Um, huh, sailors, just check out sailors' uh, keynote. I actually haven't listened uh, to that right. yet. It's an excellent. I will one. listen to it. Yeah, Definitely listen to it. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'll reach out to them and see so the goes with that, and yeah, we'll put an application in at least. Um, the other one from last week was uh, yeah, breed love. So this one, it's a quick one. Um, I thought this is really pertinent to, as I said, everyone should learn this, but to a lot of people, I think. Money, you know, to make it very simple, I say it's just money's a tool for trading our time, right? We sacrifice our time to earn money, and then we redeem that money for commensurate sacrifices from others. And it's this, this intertemporal social contract we have with one another that we negotiate through money. 
But when you monopolize, you put a monopolized institution on top of it, which is the central bank, and they have absolute and arbitrary authority to increase the money supply at their own whim and dole out the proceeds of that money to whomever, whomever they select, they are effectively harvesting the economic surplus off of the productive economy. So every ounce of energy, you know, blood, sweat, and tears that people are putting into sacrificing to obtain these dollars, there's a single institution that can produce them with no sacrifice, no effort to dilute everyone else. Um, and in that scope, you know, we could just say that money, what, see, for instance, like uh, a stock certificate is title to company capital. We could say that money is title to human time effectively. So if there's one institution that can just spin these titles up, and they just can suck property rights out of the marketplace and into their own pockets, they're stealing human time. And I struggled for a while with what do you call that? You know, I've called it an institution of systemized time theft, but I don't know what else to call time theft other than slavery. It's not visceral. It's not, you know, people are in chains and there's whips on the back necessarily. But because of its invisibility, it's perpetrated at a much larger scale. And I've written about this in a lot of my work. So I, I hope that people will come to see it, it, it's a demystification of money, that it's just an emblem of our time, and that which should be the market should be allowed to decide which technology is best, not a monopoly. That was love, quite good. Love, pre love. Yeah, time, time is as money. I think that's he really crystallizes things so well. But it's true, but, right? Like, you, but that's you look, the cliche though. Like, how many times have you heard off? Oh, you know, time is money, you know, when you, yeah, yeah. Even people like outside of the kind of financial Bitcoin space, just like that, you know, classic yeah. cliche of time equaling money. But I think people say that without actually understanding what the relationship with, between those two things. But throughout that whole thing, I couldn't help but think like, obviously Bitcoin fixes this, but like specifically like proof of work and the mm. requirement for energy. So I think the the words he used, which were quite good, were like, sacrifice and something i think it was um how you know we all blood sweat and tears work to get our dollar whether that's you're a tradie or you're a office worker or you're a teacher or a nurse whatever you know we're all we're all putting in work proof of work to earn our our paycheck and then there's these organizations who just sit there and go you know beep and pr print a bunch more money can yeah. you know devaluing all of our money it is a bit of a joke and i thought he explained it quite well there yeah, it's gross, isn't it? Like time, time theft. I think it's interesting as well. Like the in the white paper, like the the term blockchain's not mentioned. It's actually a time chain <laughs> specifically. So yep. I think Satoshi was alluding to that as well. And it's just been rebranded as blockchain instead of time chain. So there's something to that for sure. Definitely something to that. But I, yeah, I love Breed Love. Like I could listen to him stuff for hours. Like. He just breaks things down so well. Him, him and Sailor, like they, they just make really complex ideas like really palatable to to anybody to sort of consume. Um, this is the other one I wanted to show you. This is from last week as well. <laughs> I forgot about this one. Well, it could be part of the future of digital currency, or it could be a new way to clean up the environment, or it could be both. Action News anchor Matt O'Donnell pays a visit to the Panther Creek plant in Carbon County, PA, which uses the waste from old coal mines to power a Bitcoin mine. 
It is 2,800 miles away from Silicon Valley. And yet the borough of Nesquehoning, tucked into a valley in Pennsylvania coal country, is the site of America's newest large-scale Bitcoin mine. What do you think about the Bitcoin mine here? Didn't know they had a Bitcoin mine. My brother was a miner years ago. But as far as what you call it, I never heard of it that, that way. Publicly <laughs> traded Stronghold Digital Mining purchased the Panther Creek Energy Facility, a defunct coal plant in town, to power its Bitcoin mine. Energy industry veteran Bill Spence says he came up with the idea to make money on digital currency while also cleaning up his home state of coal refuse. I think I'm curious, painfully curious. You get the Bitcoin, you get rid of that. Absolutely. There's a direct correlation in art with us, with Bitcoin and cleaning up the environment. Workers transport the coal waste from several sites, the largest being the Swoyersville dump site near Wilkesbury. They separate usable coal from the massive piles and use it to generate electricity. Some power is sold back to the grid for profit. Most is used to power and cool this field of computer servers, all hooked up to the blockchain to help process Bitcoin transactions all around the world. The blockchain, an automated computer ledger for Bitcoin, grants stronghold fractions of Bitcoin as a thank you in return. That is the digital mining park. Hold on, let me step outside so you can hear me. <laughs> there are 80 trailers on site, each containing 64 computer servers, all of which have been mining Bitcoin for the two hours that we've been here. And in the span of that time, Stronghold estimates that they have mined about one Bitcoin, which according to today's prices means they earn more than $19,100. It's a more sustainable way um, to do transactions. Yes, this is not a zero carbon project. Stronghold is burning fossil fuels to power and air condition these hot, humming, super loud computer servers. But Spence points out Pennsylvania has millions of tons of leftover coal waste piled next to towns, polluting groundwater, sending ash toxins into the air. And this material was dumped in these communities. What we do is we eradicate the problem. Stronghold expects to have the 4 million tons of coal waste at the Swoyersville site cleared in a few years. Pennsylvania's Department of Environmental Protection estimates it would cost more than $5 billion to clean up all of the state's abandoned mines. So it is happy to provide subsidies to companies like Stronghold willing to get rid of the piles for taxpayers even while running a profit. Now, if only the price of Bitcoin would go back to its highs of nearly $70,000 reached only late last year. How cool is that? So literally using like waste and shit that was dumped there, destroying their neighborhood, cleaning it up with BTC. I was like, holy God, that's awesome. How could anyone not say that's a good thing? Like, how is there still fun around that? It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of these types of projects that, that reuse um, wasted energy, essentially, whether it's like a coal coal sort of thing here or flared gas or methane um, and also repurposing a lot of the heat that gets generated from this. Like Bitcoin kind of forces us to be innovative in this sense because we're searching for the cheapest source of electricity and power. So um we have to do these things. We have to be creative. We have to look for wastage um, so we can create those in, uh, efficiencies. It's it's great. Like, the, you know, we say this almost every week, like the classic yeah. saying, you know, Bitcoin fixes this. It's like, you know, yet another example of, you know, a, a, a really abstract idea on the surface, you know, re reusing coal to power Bitcoin miners. 
Um, but you know, the, the net benefit is we, we secure the network and then we also clean up the physical waste from these neighborhoods. Like, like you said, who, who could really argue with this? It's insane. Well, and it's what, what I love about this. It's like, they're doing what the, what is it? Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Yeah. That their government has like failed to do. Right. So yeah. like they've got this big waste, just polluting everything. And it's just taking Bitcoiners to come along and go, oh, I can fix that cheaper yeah. than what you guys can do it for. It's just like unreal. Such a such a cool story. So it'd be cool to it'd actually be cool to get these guys on if we can. We should reach out and see see who's actually running the project. And yeah, it might be a good um convo for an alpha podcast once we are uh, sure. kick off again. I reckon that'll be really cool. Doing something like that in Australia would be so so cool because we've got there's so many resources here and so much going on. It's um yeah it's it's it seems like a a place that that would really sort of benefit without people realizing it. Right? It's like I'm sure like they had in their videos like people had no idea in the community that there's even a Bitcoin mine there, but it's like helping them. So I'm sure there's heaps of projects like that we could do in Australia as well. Yeah, we just have so much red tape here. <laughs> like, yeah, convincing people that this is a great idea or this isn't bad like they would just probably think it's bad for the environment look at the coal use yeah i don't know yeah 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 <laughs> yeah uh, I, I, you know there there is a lot of this like we should have some of the cheapest energy in the world like the the resources that we have yeah. the sun the wind like the uranium like it's it boggles my mind that we're mm-hmm. one of the most expensive countries in the world for for power like it really shouldn't be that way and hopefully over the you know, coming years and decades, we pull our finger out and figure that out because we're sitting on, you know, a honeypot of all that stuff and we should really be the leaders in the world when it comes to um, power usage. But yeah, we've just got our head up our own ass so far. Yeah, it's it's sad, isn't it? It's There is there is a lot of red tape here. I mean, I'm in Victoria, so it's like <laughs> red, red tape capital of the world. But like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's kind of frustrating because it's like... I know there's a lot of well-meaning people in those positions as well and in in government essentially and if they could just see like the the you know the forest for the trees basically um like we could do so much cool stuff here but maybe you're right maybe it just takes time and persisting with education I suppose yeah I mean I, I agree with that point that there's vast majority of them probably are decent people that want to do like the right thing. It's that yep. they've been corrupted or they've got, you know, they're idiots essentially, and they <laughs> believe in the wrong thing. So yeah. whilst they think it's good and it's doing that benefit, they, they really have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you could probably say this with most professions, to be honest, like I come across most professions don't actually act very professional, aren't very good at what they do. They just <laughs> kind of go on along for the ride. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe something like that will. We kind of have. I think it would have to be like we'll have to eventually do that to remain competitive in the global yeah. market because countries who are exploring these things will take over, and game theory will force us to play the game. So um, it's yes. just a matter of do we want to be proactive with this and be one of those leaders, or do we want to be one of those like followers? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the decision is ours, I guess. Playing catch up. Well, not ours, but yeah, <laughs> not ours directly. If the decision was ours. The yeah, we'd be on the be right done. path. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So moving on. All right. So 
This dropped just after we got off last week. <laughs> Mr. Kanye himself. I thought it was fake as well when I first saw it. Yeah, um, I didn't believe it. If anyone hasn't seen it, he's, he's worn it twice. Um, mm. Kanye West, who had his bank account closed by JP Morgan, um, who, for some reason, never closed Jeffrey Epstein's account, like, strangely enough. But <laughs> one one tweet, and they've, they've cancelled... Uh, Kanye West, for some reason. Um, what was the actual tweet that got him cancelled from the I bank? Think it was a I, tweet or, I think it was a, a podcast, actually. And he was oh, like okay. saying something derogatory about um, Jewish people, but he like clarified it later. I think like not meeting all Jewish people. Blah, 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 I don't know. It was, it didn't oh, sound right. Like, so the woke, the woke police got him cancelled. <clears throat> pretty much. Pretty much. And um, yeah, right. it ended up being JP Morgan, his bank account, which is just like, wow. Um, but yeah, being the, uh, the instigator that he that he is, I suppose, gets a Satoshi Nakamoto hat to go and close his bank account at JP Morgan and walks out with it. I'm like, that is pretty good. Epic. It's epic. I think he, he got, I, I saw something else pop up like over the last 24 hours where, again, I didn't watch it, don't really look at news. Yeah. Of, like famous people that much, but some someone I think asked him like something about Bitcoin and like his response was, I don't feel comfortable commenting on it yet because he didn't know enough about it. Did you hear about this? Or no, I haven't. No, not uh, at all. Maybe right. fact check that, but I, that that's I think what might have happened. Um, but yeah, it got me thinking. Like God, I'd like to be in the room, like trying to explain Bitcoin to him. You know, like maybe I'm not the best person for the job, but it would be a fun time trying to like sit there with Kanye and be like, look, you know, this is. I, I feel like he's probably he's probably primed to get it and to. Someone just needs to sit down and explain it to him and ask the yeah. questions that he resonates with. I mean, yeah, firsthand now he he probably gets it because of his bank accounts being shut. Someone yeah. literally just needs to go. This can't happen with Bitcoin, and then he'd be like, "Oh, well, that's that problem solved." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's fascinating. So, yeah, well, we'll have to look into that and see if he, if he actually did did say that. But the, you would think the fact that he went in with a Satoshi Nakamoto hat to close his bank. And was like wearing it the next day as well, out and about. You would think that would mean he know he understands like the the relevance of that to a degree anyway. I suppose he would have to, wouldn't you? It's maybe pretty... he uh maybe he doesn't get it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll find out if he starts becoming like a voice of Bitcoin. But like my 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 guess is he's probably just he knows like a high level understanding of crypto, Bitcoin. But like maybe he hasn't gone to like the deep deep yeah. level of understanding where it's like censorship resistant why is it censorship resistant what gives it its security like the deeper sort of things about bitcoin maybe he just understands like the high level and he's like okay this would be cool this would be a good i mean look he's a showman too right like yeah, entertainer. yeah. you know like it, it, it someone might have also told him hey how about going to the, the bank and wearing a satoshi nakamoto hat this will create a storm like it's really hard to know very true. Yeah, it could have been someone in his entourage or something saying, "Check this on. This will this will make some waves." Yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, I thought it was it was awesome, awesome to see. Anyway, so ho- hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully he he goes down the uh, the rabbit hole and someone yeah. should orange pill him. You know, orange like he, he's sure. he's primed to be orange pilled. Hopefully, he doesn't go down the shit coining path. But yeah, he, um, yeah, you would think he's got. He's got the right accessibility to the information and the people. I'm sure he could simply just call up Sailor and be like, "Hey, Sailor, that's fuck right. me up. Like, tell me what I need to know." <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's right. Well, his 
uh, ex-wife, what's her name, Kardashian, um, she got in some pretty hot water, I think, recently over some ICO or something she promoted back yeah. in the day. So you'd have she, some she, she copped a fine. Yeah, copped yeah. a few million dollar fine for promoting some shit coin. Um, yeah. And there's more of these to come. But yeah, yeah, I think I saw something without going like too crazy on like a conspiracy theory vibe. Like I saw something else. Um, I might have even been Kanye saying it again. Fact check this, but like he said something along the lines of like, um, Kim was like quite tight with like Hillary Clinton, and Hillary used to say like you should use your platform to say this. To you're basically using her as like a, you know, a, a speaker on her behalf to to yeah, sway like a public right. public opinion and and all that sort of stuff. So I mean, I'm <laughs> this. Can't be much of a surprise. Yeah, we we know that they probably do this through massive. The, not probably. The foundations above this. board, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't afford a defamation case, but uh, <laughs> maybe people do their own research. But yeah, there's yeah, some, yeah. there's some questions for sure. <laughs> That's funny. Gosh, a surrogate ICO. <laughs> ICO promoter god that's that's incredible oh well that'll be worth worth checking out but yeah going back to Kanye I thought that was such a cool such a cool thing and I think probably like given what's happening with him um the whole Alex Jones thing um what's the other guy Andrew Tate like they're all getting deplatformed getting their bank accounts PayPal everything getting cancelled if this is a trend that keeps continuing with these like uber rich famous people like it's only a positive right like it, it can only be a good thing like in the, the wow maybe not for them but <laughs> no but i mean it's well in terms of the education in terms of the the learning like it's a it's a harsh lesson i do notice um with uh what's his name alex jones like he had so back in the day he got like a ridiculous amount of btc from um max kaiser so kaiser was on the show and he like gave it to him like you know ten thousand or something btc something Whoa. ridiculous yeah and he like just dismissed it said he didn't like it like didn't understand it and that just like disappeared so i think in retrospect obviously he would have been like oh my god like that was so much money i should have you know listened to you rah, rah. and he, he has apologized to him and stuff but i think now you look at his uh website and it's got BTC donations that you can do. Um, so he's, he's come sort of full circle with that. So Funny, that. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Looking at the, the price. But, I mean, I think they've all, like, going through. It shouldn't have to. It shouldn't have to go through, like, horrendous stuff, like getting your PayPal shut or whatever it is. But if, it, if that's what it takes for these, you know, sort of rich people to, to learn, then that's, that's what it takes. It's- what we said a few weeks ago, it's the cost of education. So yeah. we all we all buy and enter for the exact price and at the exact moment that we deserve to. No yeah. sooner, no later. So you know, Alex had the opportunity with Max trying to uh, orange pill him. Yeah. Didn't take it and then has come back full circle after being deplatformed and you know, got cancelled and all the stuff that Alex, he's now been fined, I think, as well. I think he has to pay like, a court <laughs> fine or something. It's like two trillion this week. It's like what? legit trillion with a T. And then like the 
I, I'm not following the story, so I don't know uh, the ins and the outs very funny. much. Like it's it's pretty yeah. Well, the ins and outs of it, I think it's like it's similar to this to the Kanye thing. I think so. It's like around defamation or whatever. Um, but yeah, basically they've multiplied how much he would have made from YouTube from whatever date it was where he said stuff till now, and that's like up to two point something trillion. So that's what they're going for. It's like, so he hasn't actually made it. They're just like, hey, here's a projection of what we think you might have made. Yeah, that's well, you fine. should have. Yeah, and we'll have that. Thank you very much. It's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Hey, Anyways, Max, can I get another 10,000 BTC? Yeah, legit. legit. <laughs> well, someone did donate to him. I dare say it was, it'll be Max for sure. Like, right. <laughs> the madman Max. Um, switching gears anyway. I don't know if you saw this one. So the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, he's come out and said that he would prefer, and this is massive, right? Because he's the guy, um, Kawasaki's the guy who's like always been like property, 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 buy property, borrow property, and uh, borrow for property and rent it out. And, you know, that's how you get rich. He's recently come out and said he much prefers BTC to real estate. Yeah, I think he's finally probably understood it. And Sailor talks about this a lot. Um, Like Bitcoin is like property rights, digital property rights, and how it's like, it's much more liquid. It's more portable. It's more divisible. You can, you know, if you buy a house, you can't take it with you when you relocate your family to the other side of the world. You got to sell it. You got to pay tax on it. You got to, you know, put it for listed. You got this. It's such a process, right? And so um, Bitcoin, again, fixes a lot of those inefficiencies. So I'm not surprised. He's, uh, I'm assuming this is his rationale once he's figured it out. But yeah. um, I, I, I'm familiar with him, of course, which dad, poor dad, but I don't really, can't say I like look into his books that much or follow him all that much. But yeah, we always welcome um, new Bitcoiners. Yeah, man. Um... <laughs> I no longer recommend real estate. I recommend Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah. Like that's that's so, where's the book? Let's see the book. I mean, yeah, you know, he, yeah, yeah. He made. He, I'm pretty sure this guy made his whole craft off his book, right? Like, yep, yep. So let's well, see him follow up with with a revision of that. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I just thought that was so incredible. Like, for I have seen some stuff with him because he's got like a few YouTube channels and whatever, and does interviews. And he was slowly getting there over the years. And it looks like he's just gone, uh, like, I don't want real estate anymore. I just want BTC. So, yeah, incredible, incredible for a guy, guy like him. And he's, like, he's older, right? Like, so he's he's been around for a long time. So for him to to get it, it's pretty cool. He's a, he's a smart cookie. I imagine that'll help influence a number of other people who have you know, seen him as a trusted voice. For boomers, the better part of however long he's been, well, boomers, yeah, boomers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was that one. Uh, that was last week. Oh, yeah, Kanye again. There he is. Yeah, this was one. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> the oh, woke police are at it again. Wow, <laughs> wow. So, Commonwealth Bank. Linking customer transactions to carbon footprint. Now, I don't know how they're exactly doing that. Like, a, I can only speculate looking at, like, what you're spending your money on and how much emissions that's going to have. Like, Yeah, that. it'd be like those 
things that where you pay a few extra bucks and it offsets your carbon footprint when you take a flight, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's that sort of marketing nonsense where, you know, cause you shopped at this place and they have this many chains. There's some bullcrap algo that probably, you know, spit it into an Excel spreadsheet depending on where yeah. you shop and all that sort of stuff. It's probably not very fine tuned. It's very, I imagine it would be quite broad. Like, Oh, electricity usage is at this x this rating of carbon footprint you know going to the cinemas is this going to the pub is that and then yeah. you spit all that together and here you go now you've just you know used the admitted the carbon emissions of i don't know a small family country. of five or something <laughs> small country yeah Man. this could be good we could use this as fight against them <laughs> yeah yeah legit well yeah, pretty invasive. Like, I mean, even for a normie sort of looking at that, wouldn't he be like, why are you tracking my bank transactions and like making a It was all there already though, right? Like, yeah, they're just, they're, it's them saying, hey, we've just found a new reason or another reason to have all this data of you. Like they're already doing this now, but now yeah. they've just come out and said, oh, here's a cool little idea. Let's get like some ticks and some points on the woke police. And yeah. we'll do this whole carbon footprint thing and the greens will love us and the lefties will love us. And, you know, it's just, that's all I see it as I, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but that's my understanding of this whole thing. Yeah. Pro Besides probably the obvious probably privacy implications, but like I said, they're already there. They're yeah. just using this and marketing it in a different way. Yeah. Like to them, it looks like a positive. So they're, yeah. they're saying, oh, look what we're doing. This is, this is great. I think to a lot of people it will, it'll be like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, now I can really do my bit and yeah yeah you know, knuckle you know people are sitting there on their monthly statements and going oh if i just cut out like takeaway once a week it'll reduce my carbon footprint by five percent you know yeah. like i i mean i don't know if people are actually going to do something like that but like that's I, I imagine that's the idea right that's the thing um, behind it. hopefully yeah. hopefully it does what you said and then it wakes people up and says oh shit like why are they tracking my transactions like yeah even though like we know they've been already doing this for a long time it might, this might wake people up and say like oh shit like i don't want them doing that like yeah like super creepy super super creepy hopefully most people can can get that when I mean, and even just looking at it from a data perspective right like uh energy australia hacked <laughs> last week line um, them up one by one they're all gonna get hacked it's all honey every single one of yeah it's yeah. every single one of them it's not a matter of um if it's a matter of when when and like the yeah it's it's it blows my mind that it's like these companies are still sort of pursuing that and and the government like asking for more data it's yeah it's that's mad. their solution to it as well it's, it's like all right shit we 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 asked everyone for their ids and we held it in this server and it got hacked shit maybe we should ask for more identification more, more <laughs> data like put more data in there like yeah. jesus like and somehow that makes world. sense to people. It, does, it blows my mind. Blows my mind. Anyway, hopefully that, that sort of wakes people up. Um, this was the other one that really creeped me out, the fact of sort of saying oh. the, quiet, the quiet part out loud. Um, so IMF Cheap says central bank digital currency should be used alongside social credit system to control what people can buy and whatever. Um, the fact that they're just putting that out there now, like it's it's been... Obviously, a while there's white papers from the World Economic Forum and Davos that have detailed out precisely what they want to do with, you know, the central bank digital, digital currencies. Um, but the fact that this is just like, 
out, out in the open now for anyone to sort of read as as if it's a good thing is incredible like and in such a short space of time blows my mind like that there isn't more people up in arms about this sort of stuff people are just largely robotic like they just don't really care they've got enough distractions keeping them happy yeah um you know your phone and social media and all the things that just keep us glued to the narrow path and and don't allow us to see the peripheral vision um this is this is another one of the things like you shake your head at it and you go like like the tweet says like people have been saying this for years Mm. um and and then been getting cold you know, crazy and conspiracy theorists and, and here we are. And it's just like yet another example of, you know, often Bitcoiners claiming something like this could take place and then here it is. Here so, it is. Yeah, yeah, this is no surprise to me. I mean, I've been part of this crowd saying that this this is bad. Uh, and it's it. I've been getting even more frustrated lately about the whole central bank digital currency stuff because, you know, Australia is quite a proponent for this nonsense um, yeah. and we've got a number of organizations and companies and all that sort of stuff cheerleading the government along this path and it like you know entities like blockchain australia and stuff like that you know they go and sit in these roundtable discussions with the the technology uh, portfolio managers of the government and you know i can't i can only imagine these discussions but you know yeah. they're all saying oh yeah we think it's a great idea you know use blockchain and you know, this and that proof of stake and you can issue central bank digital currencies and it'll all be fast and, you know, all the, all the bullshit nonsense crap yeah. and the government probably going, Oh, this is great. Like, you know, fantastic. We've got support from industry leaders um, mm. that want to, want to help us bring central bank digital currencies to life. That's what will convince us ultimately, not me, of course, but the masses who don't really care about this stuff, it'll be easy to get them because, you know, there'll be all these tech people saying it's the future and all that sort of nonsense. So it's scary. It's really scary. Um, it is, yeah. I'll it's, be opting out, but, you know. Yeah, it's I, the scariest thing. It's the scariest thing that, that could happen, really, because it, I mean, it's it's basically what's happening in China or has yep. been in the last five years, um, but to the extreme, right? So it's it's not just, like, uh, the, the government sort of, or, you know, CCP telling you what you can and can't do. And if you do this, then, you know, you get a bad social credit score and things turned off and you can't travel. Rah, rah. This is like real time transactions, right? So it kind of goes back to the, the, the last yeah. tweet as well. So like watching what are you doing when you you're at doing the bottle it? shop, trying to buy some beer for the weekend. So you can have a little nice time with your friends and then bam, bam, yeah, no, declined. Yeah, 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 exactly right. So, no, nah, not not cool at all. The 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 one thing I was thinking this last night actually. Um, so that project Tarot, I think it's called. So it's like the the pegged, um, USD on Lightning. If we could do something like that, I'd be all for a central bank t- digital currency with like atomic swaps. So it's like, all right, you get your sats, <laughs> you get your sats every month into your wallet and you know it's in aud but you can atomic swap directly into btc i'd be all for that the people who want to keep it in you know the the pegged aud sweet that works but you can atomic swap back and forth that would be fine so if we could sort of approach these as you say roundtable groups yeah, but why and- do we need the government at that point like yeah 
the issuer well, of these peg AUD things is what like a just a open protocol, right? Is like, open protocol? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, well, I think I think you still need the, the government in place for that that piece for all the the normies, right? So the people who just want the government paycheck or you know the Centrelink or whatever it is, cool. Yeah, you can still get that. It just looks a little bit different. If you want to do the learning to make that that currency flip into something that actually um, you can use all over the world is interoperable with all these different cool technologies and do, do a bit of education around it you can do that right so it's like a learning path i think there's there's place for that um the opposite to whatever the hell this is going to be <laughs> like i think um i'm probably dreaming but we we could we could do like a, a social social system that that could work and work for a lot of people and and i think like even going back to like something like ubi and doing that over proof of work, I'd, I'd still be an advocate for that. So, like, like we were talking about, like Australia is like ripe for free energy, pretty much, or really cheap energy. If we could get, you know, proof of work into every household with solar or whatever it is, government backed, I'd be all for that. Here's your UBI. Here's your hardware. Let's do it. And if you don't want that. Is your central bank digital currency, but <laughs> which you can't use anywhere. You can't use anywhere. That's right. Anyway, I, I could dream. <laughs> um, the last one I wanted to go into. Oh, yeah, Sailor's one. You got to watch that. It's yeah, he, he nails it again as he as he always does. Um, was this one here? Oh, this is so cool. So obviously from the obituaries from uh, of the, course. 2012, yeah, price $2. <laughs> 2011, 2011. Um, price of BTC, $2. The bursting of the Bitcoin bubble. <laughs> it's funny that you'd think the economists would be quite good yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah. to like understanding money and financial world. And, you know, they seem to have gotten this quite wrong. <laughs> $2 to what? I don't actually know what the price is right now, but tens of thousands. Um, they kind of, yeah, they fucked that one up. They certainly did, but you. That ride has been sacked. <laughs> I don't reckon. I don't reckon. Nah, probably I reckon, not. I reckon to another one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably like chief editor now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. But it's just so so funny, isn't it? Like looking back, you're like time and time again, even at even at two dollars, right? So even it's so it's dropped to two dollars, whatever. It'd still back then be the number one currency in the world in terms of value, <laughs> right? It's worth more than any other currency, and they're still saying the bubbles burst. It's amazing, amazing, amazing that this like that this is still a narrative. It's incredible, and the whole tulip thing that keeps rearing its head again. It's like wow, madness. They've been doing it for the better part of ten years, as as we can see, if not longer. But um, I think that's. I find it kind of beautiful as well. Like literally, like mainstream media has been at Bitcoin trying to put it down for yes. 12 years throwing yep. everything they can at it yeah for better part of like an infinite level of like uh deep pockets in order to fund these kind of campaigns and bitcoin has nothing in terms of its defense it does not have a pr team it doesn't have uh, a communications team that can come out and and put anti-fud uh articles out there it doesn't have anyone. It's just the community itself, us as advocates that have fought back 
on these things and the network itself proving all of these things wrong over and over and over again. Yeah. Like that, that amount of battle testing is like, is second to none. Like no other network has been, you know, probed over and over and over again, been, you know, told that it was dead hundreds of times only to re resurface back to life. Um, yeah, I think, uh, no other, no other crypto has that. Like, no, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if any other crypto could um could withstand that. Could withstand ten plus years of everything being thrown at it. Uh, you know, you're a criminal, you're it's bad for the environment, the price is dead. Like every single FUD piece that's happened over the course of the last twelve years. Yeah. Um, I don't think any other network would be able to withstand that. I'm pretty sure that they would all crumble. And well, they have teams to address these things too, right? Like they do have communications teams. They do have PR agencies working for them, making sure that they get that right narrative and message out. That Bitcoin doesn't have any of that. And it's no. managed to you know, navigate that. I think it's incredibly impressive. Well, the, the thing that I'd liken it to would be like the Linux kernel. So like Linus Torville creating that on his own pretty much and releasing it free. And it was, you know, at first, you know, it did have a massive, like, pump, like, in the 90s or whatever, um, for the Linux Foundation, I think. But, like, that getting broken and fixed and broken and fixed and broken and fixed over and over and over again, completely open source. Now it's the hardest OS in the world, and it's in everything. It's in your fridge. It's all over the place. It's the same same sort of concept, right? So it's, like, a, a network of software, open source software, that you know millions of people contribute to um and obviously there's a lot of different distributions of, of linux but the, the core of it sort of remains the same um specifically because it's open source and the, there is no owner it's um it's i really i really think that everything needs to go that way like the the concept of intellectual property i think is disgusting and it holds everything back and copyright i think is stupid I think we need everything to be open source 100%. And that's how you build stuff. That's how you build good projects. That's how you build a good society is by creating open source projects. Um, and I think like it's it's a testament. So hopefully we start seeing a trend for that in all other areas of life. Because as soon as you you start working in on open source projects in an open source um, way, things just flourish and it's it's the way to go. But um, I yeah. share that narrative. Uh, of course, you know, open source. I'm a big, big believer that the open and decentralized protocols will always win, like the internet protocol did. I believe the Bitcoin protocol will do the same thing. Um, this is perhaps a conversation for another time. Uh, but the the point that everything should be open sourced. Um, yeah. I, I'm I've not done like a lot of thinking in terms of like beyond say say software, but like. I don't know how deep you're thinking. This is a, perhaps a everything. philosophical. Yeah, well, every, everything is kind of everything, right? So, um, yeah. I, I I'm keen to maybe go down that rabbit hole with you one time and see, like, what do you actually mean about everything? What does well, well, the big obviously the, look like? The big one to me would be education, right? So at the moment, yeah, you have people um, taking ownership, institutions owning intellectual property, owning um, content as accredited um, courses that you have to pay these institutions to actually do open sourced a lot of it. It should be free. It should be open for people. That, that doesn't mean you don't pay um, people, you know, to teach you to learn, 
um, the same way you would pay an engineer to build a Linux network for you, but the the actual content is open source, right? So open source curriculum across the board, it should all be on GitHub. It shouldn't be anything not or Git GitLab, whatever you want to use. Um, if you're not <laughs> if you're not down with Microsoft, that which is fair enough. Um, look, I mean Microsoft OS should be open source. I know they've open source parts of it, but yeah, everything across the board. I think um, the and the, the sooner we do that, the better off everyone's going to be. You're not going to have rent seekers like sitting on top of stuff that isn't really theirs. Like no one really builds anything, right? So even look at BTC. It's built off a whole bunch of other projects and technologies brought into into this one one protocol. Um, and that's the same across the board. So anyone claiming, you know, <laughs> dare say like uh, Craig, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, you know, people like that saying that they, they own this thing. It's like, no, you don't. And even if you were Satoshi, you didn't create everything in there. You brought, you built on, on the shoulders of others. So, yeah, when you can do that, you can see really cool stuff getting built. And when you don't, it, projects die. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I think we should explore this idea of decent or not like open sourcing everything essentially. But I guess I wanted, you mentioned uh, Craig, and I, I saw a funny thing pop up on Twitter today, which we <laughs> might end on um, for a bit of a laugh. But um, we don't want to get you know, sued. So. <laughs> no, we definitely want to get sued. So fact check this because it, it and, and I, I guess I, I'm not entirely sure whether it's true, but and, and Twitter was kind of doing its thing by, you know, probing and fact checking itself. But Craig had posted like a, a photo of a number of different university I- identifications. So, you know, when you sign up to go to uni, they give you a student ID or whatever, you know, yeah. he, he's always got a lot of education, a lot of degrees and he, and he, and he shows that off and showcases that. And so he, he posted this photo of, of all these IDs, all these universities from around the world, you know, London, all over the place. And someone honed in and realized that one of the particular identifications. Um, so the, they're all the same, right? Like the university uses the same template, you know, you just insert the photo, change the name kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, everyone else was saying, oh, my, my identification for this university says like Mr. Or Miss. And, and Craig's didn't, it just said Craig, right. It just said Craig. And so that was the first thing. And then the the second thing on that same ID was that um, the, the image itself was of the, was of a different uh, dimension to everyone else's. So it was, he had used what appeared to be like the standard passport photo. I don't know if this is like a universal thing or just an Aussie thing. I, I, perhaps it probably is a universal thing, but you know, like the standard passport photo, whereas like the university actually had a slightly smaller photo. Obviously their system scales it differently. And so people were putting it up next to, next to real ones saying like, is this also real? Uh, you know, the image is different. Doesn't use Mr. You know, like, that seems like a bit of a sloppy kind of oversight. Um, yeah. So yeah, jury's out whether he actually even attended that university. I'm not sure, but like, wow, wow, yeah, that's I thought, incredible. Thought that was Craig just always seems to find something, right? Like you know, like every time he says something, people always go, "Oh, how how legitimate is that?" So, and he obviously lost his case against um, Hot or Not as well yeah. recently, which uh, which is awesome, really really cool. Like yeah, to the community for supporting that. I think that's hundred percent massive. And I think there's a lot of lawsuits that we're not aware of as well, like with people sort of defending uh, the the BTC um, 
network and and the code um for from you know patent trolls and that sort of thing um which again like i think needs to go like it, it just, it's yeah. just holds everything back it's it's disgusting really it's it's like rent seeking but rent seeking it, it, it's worse because it's at the detriment of everybody else right like you have mm. if i mean it's it's one thing to to be doing it with like you know some small company or whatever like a, a bridge toll or whatever who cares but like when it's it's software that affects every single person on the planet you shouldn't be allowed to even go near that. I think it's it's ridiculous. There should be laws that you have to <laughs> open source it. The only uh only laws I'd, I'd, uh, I'd abide by for that. I think it's or, or can't, be, can't imagine it. the government wanting to open source no. what they do. <laughs> like if, no, if we truly not. found out their their procedures, <laughs> we'd be like, oh fuck. <laughs> Might not right? vote those guys in next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, this is a good one, Chris. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks, Kieran. Thanks, thanks for jumping in. Now you've you're off next week, don't you? No, um, no, I'll be in Melbourne on Monday. I'm actually no, I've been coming home Monday. I might actually, we might have to reschedule the time that we record next week, um, just because I might be in transit. And then same with the week after as well. I'm heading to LA for for the little conference run that I'm doing in America and Central America. So um, yeah, we might have to change the times a little bit, but we should still be able to catch up. That's cool. Well, we've got our seed signer um, interview, if you can make it, on the, yep. I think it was the 8th or something? 8th eight, or ninth. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in LA at the time, but that that should work for me. Uh, I think it's 2 p.m., so that's perfect for me. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, looking forward to that. That'll be, I think, our next guest on in two weeks' time. That'll um, be super fun. I don't actually know who, who it is from seed no, signer. No, neither do I. I just know it's uh, the seed Anon. All right. Cool, cool, <laughs> cool. It's like btc something something at gmail so <laughs> okay cool cool yeah, well that should be an inter- interesting discussion hell yeah have you have you had a play with seed signer no i haven't I, I i saw one in person at a meetup at a bitcoin sydney meetup um, um oh shit probably a couple of months ago um guy was just sort of tinkering with different bits of hardware and he'd done some cool stuff but other than that no i actually haven't used it myself you have i think no, so I've got no. one waiting right. for me at um yeah Tiggs's place. So I got to go over and and get building. We got one each, so nice. um yeah. And I, the the parts are kind of hard to come past now because like everyone's just bought up all Raspberry Pi zeros and all the hardware for it because it's all open source. Like you can build it yourself. Um, so yeah, he he put an order in and, and it finally came through. So nice. I'll have to, I'll have to make time to go and set it up beforehand so we can mm. have a chat about it but what i'm most excited about and we, we can get into a discussion um on the day is like the those kids at my school who are actually looking at a building um their own bitcoin wallets with raspberry pi zeros that we got as as part of the um donation of btc like they wanted to do that specifically for a project um and you know it did it didn't quite work in the end so the 3d printing stuff and it was all kind of falling apart um but they were really interested in it so now the fact is a company or an open framework to do that that's like legit instead of people just trying to hack it together themselves that would have helped back then huh oh yeah yeah <laughs> it was me and like uh, this kid mtr's really smart kid um yeah trying to put it all together we're like uh no, doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry, man. So yeah, very, very cool. Awesome, man. Well, I'll let you go. And um, yeah, we'll uh hopefully chat next week at some stage.
Yeah, definitely. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Cheers.